You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Today, I am joined by a very busy man whom some of you may know. He does a little of everything, and he's been involved in almost a little bit of everything. Justin Pearson, I welcome to the show. I was going to say what you're from, but there's such a long list. I'll let you go ahead and say where you want people to know you're from. Uh, Currently I mean, Death Club. Currently in Death, Death Club, for sure. Yeah, De- Death Club and Planet B and Satanic Planet are my current projects. Um, I'm also known for being in The Locust, Swing Kids, Dead Cross, some other bands. But um, yeah, those are the other three are my active bands. Um, I run 31G. Yep. And I do a bunch of other stuff that's not musical, but those are the those are the main those are the main things. Where people from the website may know you from, yeah. I don't know where the people from your website know me from because it's uh, we were, <clears throat> yeah before this started we were talking about the comment section so it's pretty rough. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? So. <laughs> Are we going to jump right into that? Are we going to, you want to just keep that conversation rolling or do you want to wait a little bit? Sure, let's go for go it. Because All right, go ahead. Yeah, I am constantly, anytime I get coverage. So when you took over, it, I was like, I, before I knew all this, it all makes sense now. But there was this shift where I was like, oh, shit, Lambgoat's kind of getting rad and covering all of like stuff that I'm involved in or my friends, like in the more weirder kind of avant-garde stuff and not just like metal. Because... Let's face it, the metal community only likes metal one way, and it's, it's you can't steer, uh, you know, out, out of that direction. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, it was a trip because people were like, I was, they were like, check out the comments, and it was like, it was pretty fucking brutal. And I, I have, like, probably the thickest skin that I think a human can, can get, so I'm pretty good. But, like, sometimes I'm like, dude, this is fucked, like, for other people that are reading this or that like if you're a fan of something and, so, and people are just shitting all over it it's kind of mean and so i we i was asking you about the anonymous thing because i feel like it leads uh it like it lends like for people to be chicken shits you know and i for think sure. that like i think if you're gonna talk shit you should be able to accept because i'm i'm you know i'm fucking 48 so like normally when people would talk shit be like in front of me right. and then we the consequences play out you know and i think for sure not that i'm saying like violence but no one's gonna talk shit to your face unless they have the fucking balls or the guts to back it up so i'm like oh yeah online you can say all this fucking really crazy shit like tell people to go kill themselves or fucking tell them like very questionably uh you know of course racist sexist homophobic shit whatever i'm like dude fuck these people these chicken shit people that are like like i say like let them be public and then fucking they'll get their ass handed to them i get it you know and some people want to just be dicks for the sake of being dicks but like that doesn't help the world this world's fucked right now like we're in yet another war and like you know the fucking environment's taking a shit on us we're fucking the planet up like and then there's just like dicks being yeah, for no reason. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you got to yeah. probably stop. Um, well, to kind of answer, 
to kind of answer a little bit of that, obviously we're going to, we kept the anonymous comments because Alex's reign had the anonymous comments and that was a big part of Wham Goat. Uh, he did turn them off for a while and I think m more people were upset by that, that visit Lamb Goat. Um, but again, that being said, like we moderate the comments more now, like we have a moderator for the comments, which is something that's new that's not been before. Um, also, the anonymous comments are like part of the culture of Lamgo, right? So like they've been a part of the website since 99 or whenever the comments, you know, were started to appear on the website. So it kind of is like, I, we don't want to get rid of that just because that is one of the things that's been around for a long period of time. <clears throat> there are things that we're doing to kind of correct those comments that are like more negative, like, you know, racist comments, misogynistic comments, you know, any of those kind of really offensive things where people are just trying to fucking get a rise out of anybody and everybody, right? But again, not saying that those comments should be condoned. There are comments that are part of the culture in Lamgoat. Not, not, again, not saying the racist comments or the misogynistic comments or any of those comments, like the hateful ones, but there is kind of a stigma of how to comment on Lamgoat. And if we're going to keep the anonymous comments around and we're doing other like i said we're doing other things and i can't really explain all of what we're doing for the comment stuff but like the moderation i you know i have no problem with but there's other other features that are going to come up in the next hopeful uh, hopefully in the, you know within the next year that we're kind of trying to integrate that will better help you know field those comments um negate the really bad ones uh but again <laughs> if anyone does have an issue with the comments uh you know a particular comment or comments in general we do have a report feature and it's working better than ever now because we do have a moderator like i was saying but you know he has to moderate the entire website not only you know the post you're looking sure. at but a lot of other shit yeah. so when people report a comment it goes right to the top and then that that's looked at almost immediately and then uh -huh. you know uh that's not saying if you report a comment that it will be deleted because there are there is like a guideline, sure. you know what I mean? So yeah, I understand that under the guise of censorship. Yeah, of course. Right. And like, we're not sitting like, and again, Lamgo's not going to be the fucking flag for censorship or anything like that. Yeah. But you know, the way we look at it too is, uh, and this isn't, you know, the best example, but like people are always like, you know, have a face or having a face and name connected to the, the comment or whatever. And that's totally valid. Right. But we can go to like, any Facebook page about anything and there's people connected with their face and you know, their yeah. name and full on and they're the same kind of comments. Right. So it's like, yeah. it just feels like that's just a part of the world and we will try to moderate that as best as possible. But also again, when I speak about the culture of commenting on lamb goat, it's kind of like horrible comedians trying jokes that are just fucking yeah. missing left and right. You know what I mean? Totally. So, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, I mean also too, it's like, I, I don't know if it's like multiple people or just one fucking turd, you know, it's really kind of crazy. It's like, yeah. well, I don't understand. But the thing is that, yeah, because you can't tell if it's like one person opposed to oh, No, 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 we can't. Five. We, can. Oh. We, we can. Oh, you can, but I can't. So I'm like, is this just one asshole? Yeah, and I would like to know how many assholes are uh, uh, talking shit, but, um, but there are times when I read it and like, yeah, it is, it's funny that you said comedians because I'm like, dude, like, they're like talking shit about me saying like, I live in my mom's basement and I'm like, Oddly enough, we don't have basements in Southern California, but I do have a basement yeah. and I don't live in it because it's my house. 
And um, I don't know. It's like that's a stupid old joke uh, that doesn't seem to really work in Southern California. So it's like, oh, jokes on you, dickhead. Yeah. You know. But I think like the more thing, the more more so, the more important thing is like when people are like saying like transphobic shit or things that are like you know racist shit, whatever. Like things that are like kind of harmful to people that maybe don't have the thick skin. Right. No, I like, get that. But again, to to, to to kind of parlay off of what you're saying, yeah. Um, that whole like. And I don't want to say, like, I, I'm going to just focus on what you just mentioned, like the trans stuff, right? <clears throat> so my approach to that is there are people that are trans in bands. And so I'm going to post about them regardless. I'm going to have the anonymous comments regardless, too. So we're going to go down that street yeah. and we're going to battle that yeah. together. But again, like we're trying to not change the culture, culture overnight, but, you know, like you said, you notice there's a difference yeah. and stuff. And people have said that, you know, throughout uh, meeting people and talking with people in real life or on this podcast or in general. So we're one step at a time. It's not going to go overnight. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like one step yeah. at a time. But again, like there are bands that don't want to get posted on Lamb Goat for that said reason where they'll, they're like worried about the comments and this, that, the other stuff. To which I say, <clears throat> I don't care if you don't want to get posted. Hmm. Lamb Goat has a thing. Lamb, like the way I look at Lamb Good is it's a database of music, right? And this niche of music that we're all passionate about is very small. And it's very new in the grand scheme of like music history. So if I can database as much as I possibly can that happens and goes on, like because I've inherited a large database of stuff, right? So if I can continue that database going and growing it and adding people of color, uh, you know, people of different identities and all this kind of stuff, <clears throat> That may be new somewhat to Lamb Goat, right? But we gotta we gotta break through that wall and you know yeah. trudge through the shit together. And sure. uh, so the you know and bands have said they don't want us to post about them. And you know that's crazy, right? And I, there are, there are certain people that that really don't. Uh, there's large bands that hate us and are very vocal about it and don't want to be posted. And there's like you know new up and coming bands that feel the same way. But again. Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this and give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat, or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Not to not to shit on anybody or hurt anyone's feelings. I'm going to do it regardless because it is yeah. there's a duty to the audience. I feel, and there's a duty to the namesake. And there's you know we're trying to do more than before. And if we've got that's to take a bunch too. of lumps, then we're taking the lumps. You know. Sure, but that's crazy too that like a band, <clears throat> large or small, wouldn't want you to cover it unless you are the one being like, fuck this trans band, blah, 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 blah. But instead you're like, here's this band, and then all the comments happen, right. and that's what they're against. But that's going to happen that either is, way on any platform. Totally, yeah. yeah. And the, the thing that, one lesson that I learned, and it was very hard learning this in the 
early 2000s or late 90s early 2000s with the locust was we got shit on by everyone all the time everywhere yeah. and that only made us more popular yeah. and it maybe got pretty violent at times but like for the most part it just propelled our band into like everyone's fucking living room like or whatever their sound system like people were like oh this band that we need to hate we're gonna fucking promote yeah and it, and i think like yeah i say bring it on like I, I i would hope that um the diverse platform or like i guess the diverse uh landscape of bands now would all welcome that like let's fucking take yeah. them on you know yeah. and like give it because the more exposure even if it's in the wrong avenue, the the better it is for the 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 fight, I guess. You know, right. whatever you're standing for, whatever your you know your band may not stand for anything. Your band just make may make like fucking party music for hardcore metal kids or whatever. You know what I mean? But if your band has like a purpose or whatever, <clears throat> even if you don't want to get posted on X website or whatever, that website you know has whether our website or another website has an audience and has a reach far bigger than yours so it's like press is press yeah, yeah. and yes. uh, again we just like you said we just show what's going on yeah. like that's another the thing with Lambert is unbiased we're like we try to be un, especially well at least our tenure like our reign is like we're unbiased this is the information that's it we're, of course. we're not going to be like fuck this guy or that guy was you know not the smartest thing or that this incident sucked but you know we're just going to this is the information and you deal with it but that when you took over Lambgoat and I kind of, I kind of saw like the negative uh, comments, I was like, oh, that's why that website's rad. Like I felt like, you know, I don't know. It made me feel like, oh, cool. I, I can align myself with that that site. I get it. Uh, where like a lot of other sites, not that they would be. A, yeah, well, you were in a unique position, but I, but I kind of identified with the fact that you that you were uh, getting shit on, uh, and I and I appreciated it. <laughs> I did. And the thing is, like you know, when bands talk about getting shit on and stuff, like you have to understand you may get one post every couple of months on the website or, you know, a few a year or whatever. I'm there all the time. So people yeah. are talking shit all the time. And like, you know, my mom yeah. died a couple, like 13 years ago. So that gets brought up all the time. You know, all my, I'm fat, I'm lumpy, I'm this, I'm that, you know, it's all, yeah. I've heard it all. So if you're worried it's about the lowest common denominator too, right. it's like, yeah, Oh it's yeah. Nothing, gonna, like, yeah, it's nothing yeah. that's really getting into my skin or whatever like that. It's, like you said, it's funny to me because they're talking about me and it's like, why are you just like, you're thinking about these comments to post on the website in your off time, spare time. And you're just like constantly well, thinking about oddly it. Oddly enough, if you're fat, that's one thing. If I'm skinny, I'm a pedophile or something. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, that makes a lot of sense. Oh no, I mean, uh, I've, I've heard it all. So this is whatever. But I will say this, like I have a, I have an issue with the left too, because, or, you know, I don't want to say the right and the left, but like the people that are like, like the Karens of the left, you know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're fucking like Def Club's constantly getting shit on for the name Def Club. Like, is anyone actually deaf? And it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty crazy how much shit dumb uh -huh. white people have. They got a lot of fucking spare time, dude. You know what I mean? A lot yeah. of spare time. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> even though I'm based in Florida, I'm middle Sorry. of the road kind of guy. Nah, Florida's cool, dude. You know, what I, mean? I just came from California. That's a little weirder than Florida, but like I told, like, because you know, Dylan lives out there, and I stayed with him for a while out there uh, in August, and uh, I was like, honestly, it's not as bad as like news makes it out to be, which I fucking knew that was going to be the case. I expect to go to San Francisco and just see piles of shit all over the, you know, the sidewalks and all this and that, and it was nothing like that. It was rather, you know, pleasant. Uh, some of the conversations I was overhearing are vastly different than the conversations you would hear like here. Um, I remember we were at 
dinner or something like that and we were talking about a, something and the people next to us there's like four younger people they were having like this really in-depth conversation about like all types of like social issues like climate change and this or the other and i remember hearing like what's your power stance on this that or the other and that caught my ear because I was like, what are they talking about? Power stance. You know, all I know in power yeah. stance is like <clears throat> metal, you know, like how to hold your guitar and fucking stand on stage. Power stance. So I'm like listening in and I go, Dylan, they're talking about the world issues. And me and you are talking about Furnace Fest, uh, Andrew, Andrew WK at Furnace Fest, dude. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going There's a disconnect somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Florida's not as bad. But, you know, I'm a middle of the road kind of guy in... You know, I'm, I lean left and right on different subjects, and two-party system is kind of stupid, in my opinion, so whatever, but... Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I lean really, like, I, I hate how, like, there were some there were some comments on, 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 this, on the site where people are like, fucking Democrats, or you voted for Obama. I'm like, fucking, dude, Democrats are fucking lame. Like, I'm way more left than that shit. Those guys are fucking posers. Fuck yeah. all of you, you know. Like yeah. I'm all I'm offended because you're saying I'm a fucking Democrat, you know. And I'm like I'm lefter than motherfucking Obama or whatever, you yeah. know. Or you voted for Biden. I'm like, dude, you want to fucking go there? Like you're such an asshole. Uh, it's just the lowest common denominator. Like someone saying you're fat or skinny. It's like, oh fuck. All right. Well, whatever. It's just yeah. Let you do your thing. Yeah, and then luckily I I feel like out of the group uh, that kind of inherited the lamb goat situation. Luckily I am the thickest. I have the thickest skin. <laughs> Because I don't know if the other dudes, if they were forward-facing. And again, I'm like the only, I was the only, there was no one. No one knew what lamb goat was or looked like until like the first episode of the podcast. So I, everyone thought I was Alex for so long, you know, and it huh. dawned on me that I was like, oh, no one's been the forward-facing entity for the website ever. Yeah. And so that also opened it up to large amounts of this dog shit. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. But again, you know, I've. I've gone through it. I took over the website even after all that is said and done. So <clears throat> the goals that we have so, for it and where we want to be is not yeah. even, not going to deter us, deter us. Well, also like at, at the end of the day, like we're doing things like you're doing all this crazy shit, this huge publication. I play in bands or we'll do whatever. And then it's funny because then there's like some dick that we don't know who probably works at fucking Arby's that if comes home job. and like just if talks a bunch a of shit. Yeah, if he has yeah. a job. <laughs> Or she, I don't want to be yeah, sexist. If, if that or they, person, if, if that they person. have a job, let's say they. Uh, any, anyhow, like it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's cool. You work at fucking Arby's, and you're gonna talk a bunch of shit about whatever. You know, it's like that's cool. No offense to people that work at Arby's, but it's just uh, that was just an example. I apologize if I offended anyone, but there's that. So yeah, yeah I just trip out. I'm like, they wasted their fucking good time talking shit because there's a lot of stuff I don't like, and I can't be bothered to comment on it. Right. right. Even in my own brain, you yeah. know, like let alone publicly and take time to. There's a different. It. There's a di like you know, and that's the thing. And again, with the comments, like the comments aren't like out and available for everyone to see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, you got to click into the comment section. So in theory, that's yeah. kind of like your TOS, right? Terms of service. Like you're, yeah. you're venturing yourself into like the netherworld, you know? So sure. <clears throat> there's things that we kind of like use as like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're kind of going into that knowing what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, most I've people. Been, I've been guilty of, say, of like posting links being like, yo, check out this rad press. You got to check out the comment section. It's fucking brutal and then everyone's like holy shit you know I'm like this, this is this is the wild west or yeah. whatever and i'm like it, it is kind of and that's uh, kind of like the allure and attraction of it a little bit 
and like hold we, up. I already know. I know yeah, what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, go watch, go read this because you're gonna fucking get upset and it'll be amusing or whatever something. It'll yeah. be something. Yeah. But again, I thank you for having a thick skin and you know rolling with those punches and understanding what it is. But you know you've been around the website for quite a long period of time, or you've known of it for some yeah. time in your in your past. But like. These are just internet words, guys. They're not real things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like again, they're really shitty comedians trying shitty jokes, and they miss ninety-five percent of the time. But hey, every now and then, someone will post a one-liner, and I'll crack up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Me too. I yeah. can appreciate a good shit talking, yeah. but it's pretty rare. It's like, yeah, if you're gonna say like the fat thing or the mom in your, or in your mom's basement thing, it's like that's just so dumb. Yeah. It's like playing a show and someone saying like play the flat, the fast one. It's like, do you know how many times the locust <laughs> has heard that or any band? Yeah. Or play one the drummer knows. It's like, dude, you know. But you know what? Like, if someone just says, like, "Hey, that sounds stupid," then you're like, "All right, yeah. that's a good heckle. That's simple. You got, you got it." Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, like you said, yeah. uh, the 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 kind of person to comment in general on the internet is kind of wild, and you know what I mean. Like, I don't comment on a lot of things. You know, this is fucking pointless. So, I don't comment on anything unless it's like a picture of a cute dog or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, Justin, you guys just got off of a tour not that long ago. We're going to get into some music. 20 minutes into this music podcast, or music-based podcast. We'll get into some music stuff. You guys just got off the road with Converge and Elizabeth Color, Color Wheel. Um, how'd that all go for you? Good. Elizabeth Color Wheel dropped. Right, that's right. Um, I, once I was saying it, I was like, I remember posting a story that they dropped and got replaced by somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I've known the Converge guys for so long, and... Um, I've I love them as people and musicians and their music, but it, it was it it felt different this time in a really good way because I think maybe I don't know like we're older obviously and it was really nice like like I remember like one of the last nights like Nate and I were talking about how like it's crazy that we're at this age still doing these things and and just appreciating the fact that we are able to still be in each other's lives after so much time. You know, not to sound too like woo woo or whatever, mm -hmm. but it was like it was just rad. It felt good because the last time I toured with Converge was with some girls, and it was just a different nice. landscape. We were both younger, but for me personally, I had a different agenda, and this was just it just felt like very sincere, and it felt very it felt very much like family. You know, being on tour with them, and it was yeah. it was great. And I I I love that band, and I think that they are very relevant, and I appreciate them that they recognize Def Club as something. Uh, to align themselves with and and it was cool. It was a, it was a lot of fun. All the shows are great um, Yeah, it was awesome. I'm glad it happened. Yeah, uh, so. Converge obviously is the It's wild to see you know, I, I, I talked about in the last podcast with the guys from Hope's Fall uh, and It's wild because like, you know, like I'm 40 now. I'm sure you're you're you said you're 48 We're at like the age of like our parents from like you know, when we were younger, like much younger. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think about like my dad being like 20, early twenties. And I'm like, you know, a young kid. And then when he's 30, he's still listening to like Led Zeppelin. Like that's his band. But in theory, when I think, when I think back to that time in like the eighties, they weren't like that far removed. Right. They were only like 10, 15 years out of the game when, you know, I'm cognizant in the world, like, you know, when I'm out and about in the world. And he said something, I used to be a big Limp Biscuit fan admittedly and uh i he said something like that band will never be around in 20 years or something like that right and that, that stuck with me forever i don't know why but that that him saying that stuck with me forever and then a couple years ago i started to realize i was like dude i'm still listening to all those same bands that 
you know, I listened to when I was 15 to 20 and that's over 20 years now. And like, I'm thinking to myself, are those bands like my Led Zeppelin? <laughs> you know what I mean? And how different it is from like my dad, my dad's music world to my music world. It's crazy. Sure. But also too, I think with our parents, they didn't have the internet. So they're, sure. they're vast, they're, they're, they're um, their way to, to their, their, I guess their reach or like the way that they could search for stuff was, was limited, you know, where now it's, I think for us, it's a little bit different. Too um, much. There's too much. Well, th- yeah, sure. But also we just have the ability to, to look deeper where, you, where like, I don't know if my parents would have went to a record store and like dug through. Right, right. No, mine definitely aren't. Mine definitely aren't. Yeah. Yeah. They're like Led Zeppelin. Cool. I'm done. You know, it's and, on the radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Radio. Exactly. You yeah. know. And the thing about um, that, I always think about like what other bands are in garages while the Beatles are playing, like while yeah. the Beatles are huge. What other bands are in like the underground? What what other bands are in like the underground for like any of those rock bands like that don't yeah. get, that never saw the light of day? Well, but that's an well, that's a really good point because I remember like getting into punk and hardcore through Thrasher, and I think that was um, that was like almost equivalent to like a radio because yeah, I heard on the radio. The, see, the things that that got me on the path I was was like shit like ferris bueller's day off had had sig sig sputnik and yellow in it like that was like oh i'm into that weird synth shit or thrasher magazine with skate rock if it wasn't for fucking skateboarding i would never have i mean i might have got into punk but i was like it was really about thrasher and then skate rock and then you know all the cool skulls and shit i was like oh yeah cool and then next thing you know septic death and and the accused and then i was like set and it was weird because my mom tripped out on me as a as a kid, like wanting to go to concerts at age twelve and not realizing like what it was. She's like, "You want to see a band called The Cramps? Okay, cool. I'll take you and drop you off." And like, didn't think much about it. Didn't know much about it, thankfully, because if she knew that it was what it was, she'd probably be like, "There's no fucking way you're going to right. see a guy stick a microphone down his pants and like hump the floor and shit." So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> But I needed that. But I don't know how it happened. I don't know, like, like why didn't our parents go do that, like, weird thing or the, like, not just Led Zeppelin thing, you know, like the, the garage Because they were being sold the American dream, like, when the American dream was kind of, like, somewhat attainable, you know? Like, at the 50s, the American dream wasn't uh, the 50s to the 70s. You know, there's not a lot of nothing like the Internet came along and changed the fucking sure. landscape of the, the entire world. So it's like, you know, for us it's a good and bad thing where we don't live in that time, but <laughs> yeah. we also, you know, live in this time. And like I said on the last podcast, as bad as everything is going on, I think that all that kind of was going on prior. We just hear about all that stuff more, but in reality, like you're also at the spearhead of like the best time to be alive. So it's like a, it's like a weird juxtaposition, or juxtap- yeah. juxtaposition because you do know about all the bad shit, like all over, but there's also a lot of good shit that wasn't around 10, 15, 20, 100 years ago either. So it's like, I don't know, you know, it's a, you're in between all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a trip. So, Def Club. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, how did you, um, like, let's go through your, your journey into like music, obviously, because you're watching the cramps and, you know, you're seeing that kind of live show, which clearly infected, you know, how you perform or your, how your bands perform because you know you guys are kind of spastic sporadic and animated so like let's talk about like your journey into like music you know getting dropped off at the cramp shows by your mom and stuff like that yeah i mean it was pretty weird i remember 
I, I had gone to a couple of shows and I lived in Phoenix, so I was out in San Diego visiting. My dad had died, and my mom t- came out here for a vacation with me to like her new boyfriend lived out here. And I was like, oh, I want to go see this band. They're playing in San Diego, and um, it was crazy because I had didn't really like I'd only been to like I saw Shaka Khan when I was seven, nice. and then I went to like a couple like pretty crummy uh, local shows in Phoenix. Uh, like no offense, but it was like JFA and stuff like that. It was when it, it wasn't wasn't very great. But it wasn't um, your thing. It wasn't your did thing. It to me. I mean, it was, no, it was my thing. I think on record, but like mm. the, if, the being there didn't like. It just seemed. Captivated. I don't know. It was weird. Like I feel like I had these like really high standards you right away. Yeah, you weren't captivated it wasn't by I, it. Not like I thought I would be. Yeah. yeah okay. So it, <clears throat> it was the cramps though, because it was. There's a lot of things. So. One, I remember like going right up to the front and standing next to these huge PA speakers and didn't realize that like I needed ear protection. So like my left ear just got fucked, which goes full circle to Def Club. Uh, yeah, so my left ear got super fucked because I remember the next day being like, I feel weird. Like I, my, I, my, like, I felt like, oh, you know, like my, uh, my equilibrium was off. I did not know. I was 12. I didn't understand the science of like, oh, don't stand like five inches from this PA speaker for the whole set. But... I was like captivated by the performance of the band. Like everything was so wild and seemed very creative and unique. And then I met them that night and that was the other thing where I was like, oh shit, you guys are like, you know, regular people, weirdo regular people that like were very kind to me and very welcoming to to this like 12 year old kid. And I, and I, and it just, it just changed a lot of stuff. And then and then I think I just started tripping out on like their their presence and their style and their their uh, like the, what they were their vibe you know and and I and I and I and then I just went down this rabbit hole of like bands and and what I was into. How did you find those bands? And what what time like what what era time frame is this? Like nineties or <clears throat> it's late eighties. Like well, the late eighties is when I when I really got into music and and. I, I think I already kind of liked music. Um, you know, I remember like hearing like Sticks, Mr. Roboto, and and mm-hmm. and I fucking loved Van Halen, nineteen eighty four. It was like there was a lot of shit that I was like already into, really like appreciative of music stuff. But it was, you know, like when you see like for me when I would see Van Halen in nineteen eighty four. So that was what was I nine? I, it was um, it was fine, but I was it was really hard for me to like connect on a on a personal level like I, I would see these dudes uh in these like huge arenas and i was okay it was cool but like it wasn't until like i saw the cramps where i was like oh this is obtainable this mm-hmm. is like i felt like i was part of the event which was goes it, into like you know punk and hardcore was it the and size then, of the room just, that you were in maybe because like obviously van halen's playing a much bigger room <clears throat> It could be it could be that, but I still I still felt like I'm in the audience and there's the band. But then I was like, oh, this is shifted. Like I can just go meet the band. Oh yeah, yeah. And okay. like, and then and then it was almost immediately after that I was I was going to local shows and seeing local bands and <clears throat> um, meeting people that were in um, meeting people that were in bands. There's I don't know. There's so many things that changed the trajectory of of how I perceive things. So. I don't know if I was actually in my first band yet, but I remember going. There's this footage of a there's a Fugazi show on on online somewhere, and Pitchfork played, which is John Reese from Drive by Jay, who's the other mm-hmm. band, and and John Reese is like outside and he and he's he's like doing his shtick. I don't know if you know John. He's very like charismatic and he's like 
we're at the Fugazi show. We're going to interview these young punkers. And he like goes and like me and Jose Palafox, some swing kids and our friend Charlie Clayton were standing there and he comes over to like interview us. It was weird. Um, <laughs> and, and it was like, oh shit, like we know this guy, John Reese. He's in this cool ass band who's opening for pitch or for he's in Pitchfork opening for Fugazi. And he's like treating us like a human being and like recognizing us. And we were so psyched to be on this video. And then we and then we went in and saw Fugazi. And for me, it was like seeing like, um, so what, this is probably like, I mean, this is late, this is like 88 or 88 or 89, I think it was 88, Mm -hmm. maybe, but maybe 89, I don't know. Seeing Fugazi was like all the quintessential shithead punkers were there, you know, and and, you know, they were there because Ian was in Minor Threat and that's fine, but they were like being fuckheads, you know, and like at one point Ian stopped the set or the song and was like called this guy out and was no maybe he didn't stop the set okay sorry i'm confusing a show some guy keeps yelling in between the songs play a fucking minor threat song or what i don't he, he might have said a certain one but play minor threat and i remember ian just being like hey fuck you go home and listen to minor threat on your record player and he's like <laughs> told the guy to leave and he said give him his five bucks and and just go home yeah. and i was like holy shit that guy could be in a band and treat the fans like that. That's awesome. And I was like, this is really, really cool that he can like hold their fans accountable for something, you mm-hmm. know, whatever that is, the lack of respect that the audience has for them. Not that, not that he needs to be respected because he's Ian McKay or he's in the high headlining band, but just be fucking chill to everyone. Like, yeah. don't be a dick. And um, they're playing Fugazi. It's Fugazi songs. They're playing. They're not going to play Minor Threat, so just fuck off. And I was like, oh, that's rad that he just talked shit to that guy that paid <laughs> to see him. Yeah. And that that really changed. That stuck with me. And I was like, all right, this is cool shit. Uh, I'm down. And then we started our ba- first band, and yeah, it was all kind of like kind of went from there. But uh. There's a lot of like little milestones I think that kind of influenced me along the way. Yeah, um, I don't know. How'd you get into like the more spastic, uh, crazier style of metal and hardcore? Um, well, <clears throat> I would say like I was obsessed with Septic Death. Okay. Um, from the skate rock comp, it was weird because I was like in the cramps and stuff, and like you know the Misfits and. I like Earth AD a lot out of the Misfits, but it was when I heard Septic Death Thaw, that song Thaw, I was like, fuck, this is wild shit. And uh, and then I just got into like Sore Throat and obviously like Napalm Death and then mm. and then kind of ventured into like Carcass and, and whatever. And, and not that that's spastic, but um, it's like faster it's more like beat stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was obsessed with like blast beats and, and just weird abrasive um songwriting i guess and then and then and then i tripped out on, on like infest and crossed out the, the, crossed out was the jam you know and it was like oh shit you can write totally absurd music that's fully brutal and also has tons of hooks and like call it music like this is great my mind is fucked up and i completely can like understand this so it was mm-hmm. it was a trip so i mean <clears throat> you know i mean i was like 15 i think when i first saw crossed out in my first band and 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 but that was like really really informative to me to to hear these very short songs that were just um absurdly written mm. um yeah and then the aesthetics of it like seeing crossed out as a kid was like seeing a fucking serial killer you know on stage <laughs> uh and then and then off stage you're like oh you're super cool and you guys are treating me normal and not 
murdering me. So I was like, oh, there, there's like an aspect because you know, <clears throat> as a kid, I was thinking metal is like scary and spooky and right. like I don't know whatever like fucking metal stuff people do. And I was like, these guys just look like they're gonna go change your oil and stab you in the neck, you know? And I was like, that's fucking rad. That's yeah. like fully, really the actual real scary shit. So, um, I don't know. And then I and then again, like earlier we we had mentioned like people's influences, and I think I think influences are always more important non-musical yeah. people are like what's your musical influences and i'm like well you know and i'll name up all this shit that's not musical and i think that's before we jump that into that before me. we jump into that because i want to get yeah, in, yeah. i want to get into that too like what we okay, talked sorry. about off camera but <clears throat> one thing i want to ask you is like was there was there a person in your life that kind of showed you that path or did it did you just like dumb luck find it yourself did you have like a family member friend or an older person that you know a guy at the record store was telling you to like hey check this album out you know like mm -hmm. how'd you how did you get that journey started like how'd you find the cramps yeah uh <clears throat> well okay so for one i remember like i, I think I, I'll, I'll go ahead and just give it all a thrasher i think that was like okay. the big thing because i was really into skateboarding before before i got into like quote unquote punk i was just i was into like weird art and weird music again predating my skateboarding uh obsession was seeing that movie ferris bueller's day off and being obsessed with six six sputnik i was like what the fuck is that music this is so wild i i need to know more about that so i think i was already on this trajectory towards weirdness but it was thrasher that kind of did the whole thing because i would watch like these skate these skateboard competition videos and i went to a <clears throat> I went to one competition in, in, in Phoenix and saw, I can't remember if it was Lance Mountain or Mark Gonzalez, but one of them, it's probably Lance Mountain, had a Sam Hain sticker on his hat, mm. his helmet. And I was like, and I just couldn't figure out what it was. And I was like, ah, oh, what is that skull thing? It's so cool. And it, and it was that, just like a little nugget, you know, yeah, like yeah. here's this thing, this code. And then, and then I was, that like got me into it. But I would go to this record store. It's a chain in Phoenix. Uh, called Zia, and there were there were older people there. <laughs> they were probably eighteen. They seemed fucking way older than me, and they were like, kind of, kind of like hit getting me hip to shit. Because I remember gotcha. finding that Sam Hain sticker and being like, "What is this? Can you please tell? Can you give me the code? Uh, you know, can you help me decipher this code? What is this? I saw this on Lance Mountain's helmet, and then it was like figuring that out. And then next to the Sam Hain sticker was like. The birthday party mm. what the fuck is this and they're like oh so then it was just like they kind of helped me out but with that being said all of these things that were helping me lance mountain zia records employees i had my parents mainly my dad who was like an alcoholic he was abusive to my mom he was like oh if you're into punk you're gonna become a heroin addict just like sid vicious and, and i was <laughs> like what like i'm like i don't think i want to do heroin and i and i and i'm like you you beat up my mom and you think I'm a fucking asshole because I won't play tennis and I don't like girls or whatever it was that he was like rude. And I just want to skateboard. I think I should like this punk stuff. Like if you think it's bad, I'm going to kind of like it. And I remember him like destroying some of my tapes and getting really mad about misfits, angel fuck. And I don't mm. know, cramps like goo goo muck. And I was like, dude, you're so lame. Like it's I've like seen a... you cheat on my dad. Like you pass out on the toilet wasted. Like you fucking wrecked the car. Like, I think I can like this weird shit. Yeah. So fuck you. And then it was like, so so that was a big thing. Like my parents saying like, this is bad. I'm like, oh okay. That's now good. I'm, I'm like going it. that way now. I'm going right down yeah. that hole. Yeah. Yeah. Jokes on him. 
Uh, I do trip out. I wonder if he was around. Uh, it'd be like, oh, look what you did. You know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, look at me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when when does the break dancing come in? To... Oh, I already did. I already went through all that. Okay. Yeah. So I that that was a that was precursor to all the skateboarding and stuff too. Because, man, I was like, eight, when that happened, and I, I remember seeing breaking in the movie theater and people were breakdancing in the aisles and shit. And like, that was, I mean, so like, that's a good, that's, that's an, okay. Let's go back to when I discovered, um, six, six Sputnik, because I feel like a lot of that early breakdancing stuff, like on Tommy boy records, like there was some of that weird, like electro pop hip hop mm -hmm. stuff happening where it was like, I was just really, I mean, I think as any like young, you know, kid child, like, hearing laser sounds and shit. I was like, whoa, that's like robots or fucking Star Wars. That's cool, like musically. I was already into that. And then breakdancing was just cool as fuck. But in Phoenix, there was like the breakdance heavy metal crossover thing, which was kind of weird because there's a lot of Heshers and stuff there. And in the 80s, I'd go to these like breakdance competitions at, at Chuck E. Cheese. And um, there was like all these Heshers, I don't know why, and then all the breakers, but they'd all like get along and just uh, so I was into metal. I loved Ozzy and Iron Maiden and shit like that, Twisted Sister and all that stuff. But then I really also loved all the breakdance stuff, and I loved a lot of the weird hip hop. I loved regular hip hop, but I was, yeah. you know, obviously like R and DMC and Beastie Boys, but like earlier than that. But like the weird electronic shit was like kind of my jam. So I think those are, if you if you think about it, that electronic kind of stuff and the metal stuff merged almost makes the locust in my in my brain um yeah so um it's weird because i also yeah. came from that background too i mean i had a yeah. different journey than you but it definitely came from like i grew up listening to whatever my parents had on the radio or whatever they were going on so that's like how i got into music you know michael jackson and fucking um you can call me out that song was so fucking huge for me back in when i was a kid that uh yeah. paul simon you can call me out song because chevy chase yeah. was in it and oh I yeah, like, I mean it was Chevy Chase. Yeah, I love Chevy from like the National Lampoon stuff as a child, and yeah, like sure. the Christmas Vacation was like a movie we always watched. So when that fucking song came out, I was like, "Oh, he's in that band." And he's not, but you know, I was a kid, so <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. But uh, yeah, so music was really big for me. And then when I started finding my own music, it was more like rap and hip hop, early '90s rap and hip hop, because I was watching like MTV or BET mm -hmm. or VH1, because all those stations at the time played a mix of music. <clears throat> well, not BET it was more you know, centric to black entertainment, like the channel would say, but like VH1 yeah. and MTV would, even VH1 would play hip hop back in the day. So I would like watch that, got into breakdancing. Uh, I was horrible at it. Uh, but you know, at some point that lent me over to getting a new metal and the new metal got me into, you know, or I'm sorry, alternative, alternative, like 311 and, you know, a little bit of rappy rock stuff. But then when the new metal craze started coming, I got fully involved with that. And then, from there, I just wanted to know, like, what's the heaviest new metal? And then heaviest new metal came into, like, hardcore, metal, metalcore. And so that's where it opened up for me. Uh, I did attend, like, a couple punk shows. I feel like anyone that listens to hardcore or any of these adjacent genres started with punk rock or something like that. But it was very minimal. I had, like, maybe a year where I was listening to punk rock, you know, and then I moved right on, found other things. But then I just fell down a rabbit hole. And like I said earlier, you know, you ruin your life listening to hardcore and metal because I think, like, the people that listen to hardcore and metal, at least like more underground metal, right? Because metal's so huge. Um, those people like just become obsessed with it, and that's basically like a part of their identity, I think. You know? Yeah, I could be wrong. 
I think you're right. Yeah. The metal, the metal community is very critical. Uh, hardcore they, is too, they, though. Hardcore is too. Yeah, I guess I, I, I can attest to that because <laughs> people just shit on the locust all the time. Um, there's that that band that I, I've never heard them before, but Insect Warfare. They were always like trashing the locusts for being false grindcore, and I'm like, we never called ourselves grindcore. So jokes on you for making a t-shirt <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was that hey, had, our, had us on it. Free press. Yeah. Free press. <laughs> yeah. Free press. Yeah. <clears throat> They're kind of like the lamb goat of, uh, of publications. Then, huh? <laughs> I was thinking when you're talking about. Oh no, like the lamb goat comments. Comment. Yeah. I was thinking when you're talking about Ian, uh, you know, hazing that guy in the crowd. I was like, he probably started the first lamb goat commenter. You know, he went home, commented. Oh, it was probably too early. Yeah, it was like '80s. But you know, ten years later, he probably joined the internet and like started doing shitty comments. But, I bet he's got like a a burner account for Instagram just to talk shit. <laughs> dude, a lot of people do, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, so, you guys, uh, your your documentary is streaming as of last month, right? You're you're streaming your documentary. Um, so what all is that? Uh, you know, don't fall in love with yourself. What is that kind of about? Like, if you're explaining it to someone who hasn't watched it, what would you categorize that as? Well, it's a documentary about me and some of my friends and like this sort of world that that we come in come through through like three one G. The I feel like the documentary <clears throat> uh, subject shifted a little bit during the making of it. So as much as it like focuses on me, I think it's largely more about three one G and the locust. And <clears throat> now that uh, after Gabe Serbian passed away, I feel like it should have been about Gabe more than me. But um, I see what it is, and um, I recognize it. And uh, yeah, I would say it, um, it's a, just a, a weird documentary that uh, is about me, which is also very weird. Uh, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm like, uh, uh, it's warranted for for me to have that. But I appreciate it, and and it's crazy because I've been to a few of the screenings, and like, there are some people that were like, I had no idea what this was or what who you were, and this is, and they, and they 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 got something from it. It wasn't yeah. like only made for the weirdos that like the locusts like this was like you know these like normal like suburban christian moms or, or whoever you know like like i mean it's been like the whole spectrum of people are like what the fuck i had no idea who you were and this is some crazy shit so i think the director john nix did a great job in delivering uh the message or paint or making the story um and i think that it like has resonated with people very very well um I, I still feel a little weird about it, um, it, it just because I don't, um, I mean, I'm a Leo, so I like the attention, but I'm also like, like, I don't know, it seems like a little bit too much um, mm -hmm. upfront attention, so it's, it's, it's weird, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's about me and the Locust and 3-1-G, so. And 3-1-G is coming up on, like, what, your 30th year, huh? Um, yes. <laughs> Fucking A, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. to throw it out there on you, but yeah, you know. Um, yeah. How did that all start? I mean, because, you know, you're a much younger man back in those days. And um, was it, I mean, you was it always around or did was there lulls where you, you know, maybe like hiatus times or did you keep it cranking the entire 30 years straight? And if so, how did you even do that? Yeah, there was no lulls or, or like cr full cranking. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, uh, and there was like a lot of things where <clears throat> I had to adjust in real time uh, and figure out what to do. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, fuck this. But then I'm like, well, shit, I can't throw in the towel because like all of these other things, what do I do with them after I stop? 
um, you know, like when like when another label that I worked with a lot was GSL and GSL folded, like all of the locust stuff just came back to us to do with what we wanted. So I kept thinking, like if I three one G folds, like what am I gonna do with you know all the bands yeah. that I'm on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. one thing to be like, here, take your shit, bands, you know. But then I'm like, what about my own shit? Like, what what am I gonna do? So, um, but yeah, three one G started kind of out of necessity because I was dealing with like you know subpar mm-hmm. labels. They were like fucking around and not paying or like doing weird shit like making merch without asking or yeah. or changing the record cover art like just kind of whack ass shit and i was like this sucks i'm gonna just do that but better and if i fuck up i can criticize myself and and correct it and so i immediately found a way to get through um the navigating through how to start a, a business and 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 I still am learning because I'm not very business savvy. So like, for instance, when I'm on tour with Def Club and Brian doesn't want to do merch, it falls on me. And I'm like, dude, you do not want me to do merch because I just give shit away. And it's even even right now, like the, la- like the last podcast I did, I w- it was with someone from um, that band Z's <clears throat> who I love and they're on 3-1-G. But I was like, those records didn't sell. So anyone listening to this podcast, <laughs> best message me and I'll fucking send you a free Z's record, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's like not the best business practice, but um, it also helped me see who, how many people were actually paying attention um, because they got a free record out of it. Um, but, you know, like I just, um, I think there's ethical capitalism. I, 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 I identify with aspects of... Um, I'm glad you're saying this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I think there's ethical cap- see cause I I I'm, I feel like I'm a um I feel like I'm a, on paper I would be an anarchist or a socialist mm-hmm. and capitalism doesn't really mesh with those too well but I think there is ethical capitalism. I also think humans are just fucked at this point but um there is a way to navigate uh elements of capitalism and be ethical and I and I and I for survival purposes for to create art and and so on and so forth <clears throat> which are which are not that my art is something or art that I'm part of is like this big deal, but like there are, it there is, is to art certain people though. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing about you guys in bands and, and stuff like that. And that is very humble of you to say, but like I was well, just talking with how tall guys, like they didn't realize that, you know, they hadn't been around for years and they teased it and then everyone lost their shit. So it's like people do like, and I'm sure like if, you know, like the, the locust, you guys did the brain dead uh, collaborative release or whatever. And like, I bought one, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you know, when and I hadn't seen the locust probably, I don't even, I don't know if I ever saw the locust. I definitely remember uh, vividly, like whatever Hellfest DVD you guys were on. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I remember it was just, terrible. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I remember seeing it. And I was just like going, what is that? And uh, no, it was terrible. Yeah. Did you guys ever come to Jacksonville by chance? Yeah, we played a uh, Jack Rabbits or something like that. Okay, yeah, Let's do we played around. a few. We played a few places there. <clears throat> the Imperial um, is probably where. I, if if I saw you, it'd probably be at the Imperial. Okay, yeah, I don't remember what the name of it was, but we've been there a few times. Um, very violent. Um, what was I? What were we talking? Oh, so yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I just. I don't ever know if it's like uh, a bit. What I do, I don't think it's like that. That that big big of a deal on a on a huge spectrum. right right in the grand like, I, I do get people saying like you saved my life and I'm like fuck that's wild that wasn't my intention but i'm really glad that that happened you yeah. know and that it, that's like so much wealth in the, you know hearing someone say that yeah like i'm very grateful for that but um fuck, but in order for you to continue to do your thing 
you have to have the ethical capitalism to fund, you know, whatever it is. Because a lot of, a lot of things that we talk about on this podcast, like we talked about prior, and we'll get into your yoga and dog stuff that you we had mentioned earlier. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of this is like, I'd like to show the world or a fan base because, you know, I was also guilty of this early on when I was younger. Like, you see a band, and in your example, I'll use Van Halen, right? So you'll see like Van Halen, and you'll have that, early on you'll see bands like Van Halen in your youth, in your musical journey, right? You'll see these like bigger bands and then you'll fall down the cracks, hopefully to more underground indie bands. But like for me, I saw these rock stars, quote unquote, right? And I started going to shows that are much smaller in you know, our little area of the woods. And I still thought the same thing. Like, oh, these are rock stars. They're signed to a record label, right? And they tour rock stars, man. They're probably like, that's all they do is fucking jam and play shows and write music. And that was so far from the case, or, you know, par from the course. Uh, there are some bands in our world that can do that, but most, you know, don't. So where was I going with this? Ethical capitalism. Yes, that's where we're going. So there has to, there does have to be like some kind of, you know, transaction between art artists and the people ingesting the art whatever it is and like you i also have issues with capitalism but at in the long run it's like how else can the artist maintain or how else can anything really go on uh in a world that seems to just be more bland and all manufactured and just you know kind of more of a consumer capital you know capitalism type situation where it's just like buy this new cool thing or you really need this thing and it's less more so on like arts and art-based kind of you know commerce that is a very good observation but also the fact that like people are just shitting on the planet for for like i i I, man i okay so like not to bring ian back into the into the fold but i i really do feel like fugazi is a is a good moral compass uh, for a band, maybe if you're not into their music, that's one thing. But the way they worked as a band was is very informative for me, at least. Um, and I, even in later years, I remember like this has like been I think uh, probably ten years or maybe eight years something where like Coachella kept saying like we want Fugazi to play, yeah. and they offered them like ten million dollars. I don't know, fucking whatever amount of dollars. <laughs> and I remember Ian saying like. Maybe it wasn't ten million. Maybe it was just a one million. I don't but know. Still, it, it was a lot of money, more insane. than I have. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, but they said, like, <clears throat> Ian said, "Oh no, no, there's no way. The next time Fugazi plays, it'll be for free in DC." And I was like, "Dude, that's the fucking shit, man! Like, just the, like, that's such a, like, a boss move." And I and I really appreciate that. And and, and yeah, sure, Ian is at the is at the financial place where he can say that, where like, it would take a lot to pry me away from an offer of a million dollars. Of course, as it should, as it should. Yeah, and not that I'm not moral or ethical about my decisions, but I'm not financially stable enough to to be like, that's cool. But with that being said, I have a a different perspective on like, if I got a million dollars, I wouldn't say unethically because I don't really have an issue playing Coachella. I've done it and it wasn't, it was fucking a couple hundred bucks or whatever. But like, I'll still play it, you know. But if someone's like, "Hey, you know, it would <laughs> Def Club like?" I mean, Def Club could play Coachella for fucking twenty bucks, probably. But um, <laughs> if, if they were to say like something, I'd be like, "Yes." And that million dollars would translate into something a far better, bigger, far different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I there, there's that. But um, 
Um, I think that like when I, I trip out on like seeing bands um, that make merch that's like sweatshop, you know, shirts. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't give a fuck, but like, oh, you, you don't want to spend the extra dollar on the shirt, but you'd rather just save a dollar and have some fucking little kid in, in you know, Afghanistan put your put your garment together or wherever it's fucking made, you know. And so I, I trip out on like just the little things, like the way you. I mean, fucking Bugazi didn't even have shirts. That seems like a like a pretty crazy thing yeah. in itself, you know. Yeah. So I just there's little thing. There's so many things. I mean, I I still wrestle with like making vinyl. It's not a great thing for the planet to have that extra plastic, but it's not throwaway plastic. It's not a water bottle that you're gonna toss in the trash. It's on a fucking shelf that you're gonna probably keep for the rest of your life, and that will like. <laughs> this is my uh, my retirement right here. You know, all <laughs> this shit. Out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a. Uh, I don't have a retirement fund, but but I'll sell my test pressings and probably be able to fucking put myself in a hospice or whatever. So, um, you know, well, at least you're planning just, ahead. You're planning ahead, Justin. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, it, yeah, the the ethical capitalism has made its way into my brain. It's burrowed in there. So I, I I do constantly think about like what my motivation is and and where I where I where I um, gather things uh, and how I how I put them out into the world. So um, yeah, that's good. Who is Justin outside of music and the bands and the label? I don't know. Those those do define me quite quite a bit. Um, yeah, I'm I don't know. <laughs> well, what are your interests outside of those things? I mean, Brandon, I know a lot. I know a lot of your. I know a lot of your time probably is wrapped up in those projects. And yeah, those and things. it and all like is encompassing to me, you know, mm -hmm. in, in a sense. Um, and I. I realize like my ability to reach people through music also helps me um, communicate other things that I am passionate about. You know, I mean, uh, like <clears throat> a lot of a lot of like social justice and activist work has tied into it. Um, I mean, for like a long time when the Locust and some girls were on tour, we'd always have Planned Parenthood come out and table our shows. That was, those are really important elements, I think, beyond music that kind of tied in or like. I don't know, whatever, like my reach on, on, let's say like something stupid like Facebook and they're like, um, you know how Facebook does that thing? Like, what's your birthday? Blah, 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 mm -hmm. uh, fundraiser. And I'm like, I don't know, like I'll donate to this, um, like, uh, border angels that like, uh, people to help the, um, immigrants crossing the border mm -hmm. or like, uh, a cocker spaniel rescue or fucking whatever, you know, like I feel like my, my, my reach through, um, music, helps me with the things that I am passionate about that are non-musical um, and all kind of it's all kind of encompassing um, to some extent so what's your free time spent on my free time is usually um, hanging out with my dog and doing yoga um, those are the two main things that I do because my free time also is like I'm gonna go to the studio and we're gonna work on a ne another record or another mm -hmm. song or the next episode of this podcast or uh, whatever the things are that I do, I'm constantly, my free time is like, like one people be like, I want to binge watch this blah, blah, blah on Netflix. And I'm like, well, I could go and I could work on this really cool project at the studio. And like, that's kind of radder than watching. I don't even know what fucking show. I'm not going to name off some shows, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, any show, Netflix, Hulu, cable TV. <laughs> Yeah, I am a sucker for the uh, Star Wars spinoff shows, which all are sucking pretty fucking bad. Um, Talking about like the new so, ones, like Mandalorian type stuff, or like just any kind of Clone Man Wars cartoon thing. Mandalorian or? was Mandalorian was good, but then there's like a new one that's happening right now that is dog shit, and I'm like, I'll watch it because I'm like, there's a little hope that there'll be something, and it's like, nope, that sucks. 
I kind of gave up on them after the trilogy. I, the I feel like trilogy. I should fucking give up, man. But I, I saw Star Wars in the movie theater in 1977. I was two and a half. It's my earliest memory I have of, of being alive mm-hmm. on this planet. And it was crazy that I can remember it. This was my dad, and I remember being in the front row. Everything was sold out at the front row, and I was so little, and I was just like, whoa, you know, fucking freaking out. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I do whatever. Like, yeah, whatever comes, whatever presents itself, I do it. What kind of dog is it? What kind of dog? Yeah, Cocker Spaniel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's downstairs. I'm actually fostering this one, so let me just show you real quick. If anybody wants to adopt this guy, Moose. Moose. Can you see him? Yeah, yeah. A little black, brown guy, chocolate guy. Yeah, he's asleep. Um, we just started fostering him a couple of days ago, two days ago. Um, so I'm trying to find him a home. But uh, I got mine right there. I got a 13 year old. I know. Bo- I got a 13 year old your... boxer just laying there uh, all day. They're the best. I really do think they're like little. Um, they're little teachers, you know. For and sure. That's um, it's so rad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've definitely grown up as a human being having to take care of another being in general for 13 years yeah yeah it's, it's a good wild. good segue into maybe thinking about having a kid but i'm not there you know what i mean but now i know at least you know i can at least make sure they won't die you know yeah i have the responsibility <laughs> have the responsibility to do that um i always think when um coachella asked me to play for a million dollars i'll adopt a kid at that point but uh but until then <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah you got to be financially ready for all that shit man that's so expensive yeah, especially I heard that you don't and that you make it work, but I'm like, that's cool. I've already kind of like not been. Yeah, but financial. you know what though, Justin, we're like we're 40 years old. We're plus 40, right? We have the opportunity to be financially stable when we do have a kid. Most people are forced, right? They're like, oh, I'm early 20s or late teens or whenever, and I'm not really set in life. And here we go. I got to have this. I got to have this along with for the ride. And again, people do it. My parents did it. Your parents probably did it. Everyone's parents probably did it. But now now that I have the ability to choose if I want and when I'm going to definitely take that. But that, that that's kind of a weird thing to think about because I always tripped out. on like, people like you went on tour when you were 15. How, how did you do that? And I was like, I don't know. Just went. I, I actually went. don't know how we did it. I don't know how we paid gas in the van. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. And that's a weird thing to think about because I do remember the first tour I went on coming back uh, in, into like Southern California through the grapevine over these mountains. We stopped at this Denny's. And this was like, uh, fuck, what year would this be? 90. It was 90, I guess. And I remember we were like, this is the craziest shit. It was a bunch of us and we were broke and we were eating at Denny's and we didn't have enough to pay our bill. And it was so wild because before we got to the point to where like, do we fucking ditch this place and yeah. bail? Yeah. Um, the waitress came up and said, hey, this woman at the counter over there wants to cover your bill. So it's on her. And then we look over and this little old lady waves to us. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And so we went over there, and she's like, "You guys look wild. Yeah. You guys look so wild." And I thought, uh, "You, I thought I'd buy you breakfast." You're just like, "Walk, thank yeah. you." That's insane. Because otherwise, we were going to be ditching. Yeah. you <laughs> yeah. really helped out Denny's today. It was or crazy. IHOP, whatever the hell you said. Yeah, it was. It was so crazy how it worked out. And she was so sweet, and she was just like, "I don't have anyone to take care of," and I just figured you, all you youngsters, look like you could use a meal. And we're like, dude, you, you don't, don't understand. Yeah, you have so. no idea. Um, 
So what's and back then we probably looked fucked, you know, like right, yeah. in, like in ninety, like with green hair and shit and a mohawk or whatever the fuck we had. Like she she probably like fuck these guys. Uh, most <laughs> most people were like fuck these guys except her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. You were talking. You were talking about like a violent show and stuff like that earlier, uh, or you mentioned it. I, my curiosity always when I speak to people in bands, especially like bands that sometimes have mosh parts or can have violent, uh, you know, shows or crowds. <clears throat> my, I'm like, right now, currently in my age, I am stuck between liking moshing and not liking moshing. Like, you know, I like to be around it, I like to see it and all that stuff. I don't do it anymore. But also, part of me is like. The kids that are moshing these days are like fucking going above and beyond trying to like murder everybody, it feels like. Whereas right. before, you know, like I think back to like the AFI video where they had like the kids moshing in the gym floor or something like that. And everyone had ample room. You had ample room to do your ninja fighting. And now it's like the ninja fighting just is like, um, this is a stupid reference, but like Beyblades are like the things where you would spin in the little... Uh, the little ring and they would hit each other and bang, 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 bang. And one would fly out of the ring eventually, you know, like something like that. Uh, that's what it's like in the pit. Now all these fucking ninjas are just like hitting each other, banging off of it and like hitting the wall and crowd killing. Crowd killing's gotten super huge these days, which doesn't make sense to me. I hated it back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like moshing, but hated crowd killing. So that's, we- a, that's a term crowd killing. <clears throat> oh God. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's where you like would run from one side to the, one side of the pit to the other and you fucking throw your you jump and throw your fucking hand back and you hit someone three rows back or you know you you purposely kind of like quote unquote somewhat target somebody you know that's kind of like a crowd kill but yeah um, that sounds stupid agreed but it's big and it's big (laughs) I don't understand it and it's gotten so much uh, prevalent you know what I mean it's way more prevalent than it used to be I feel like but I wonder if it's um, if it keeps people from getting into certain styles of you know heavy music but it's it probably I mean, draws a lot of people too it's weird because a lot of times you'll you know that are outside of our world <clears throat> you know will, will say i don't know like like this yoga instructor she's like what happens at your shows is wild and you're like it's not really it's not yeah. and i think i think maybe she looks at like shit like what you're talking about where like if you go to a deaf club show it's it's like yeah people are kind of like getting a little wild but it's not like no one's doing ninja shit. I, I never, when I see the ninja shit, it's never while I'm playing. I'm like, what the fuck? This yeah. band has ninja shit going on. And I and it looks pretty silly, but it, I mean, it is what it is. But I don't know, like, I, I remember tripping out, like, I had this perception of, of Converge. And I, like, when some girls toured with Converge, it was, we were, we were very, some girls were interesting because we would write a song and we'd be like, all right, mosh part, instead of doing it four, do it one and then stop the song so like people be like yeah mosh and then you stop after one and you're like what the fuck and then just <laughs> that's like what we're into like that's funny to us or like interesting but we, we went on i had this like perception of converge and how people were you know a little bit their fans were violent but i remember seeing converge and uh, right after um <clears throat> i guess it was like right after the i don't remember what year it was uh after the pandemic opened or stopped or whatever mm-hmm. I have COVID right now, actually, for my first time. So it's funny. Uh, when, the, when the pandemic stopped, even though I have COVID, um, I remember seeing them in uh, Austin, and I and I and I thought like I watched them from the side of the stage, and I watched um, 
a lot I saw a lot of women in the crowd. I saw trans people stage diving off of the off of the monitors. I saw and and it seemed very um inclusive and very passionate, aggressive, but not violent in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. And it was and it was really nice to see that. And I and I feel like for the most part that is what at least with the locust and some girls and and now today like with Def Club or whatever band, we've really tried to hone in on that and not have it be like dudes fucking up people. Like that sounds stupid. Like I want it to be go crazy, but just do it like respectfully. And right. I think there's a way to do that. Yeah. So yeah. it's just don't push Mosh, I, don't know. I guess. You know, they don't want to push Mosh, which I get. That's like a rock a butt rock kind of thing to do. Like, you know, just pile into you know, like hit somebody with your shoulder. <laughs> don't know you know like the fucking sumo wrestling that they do in the big rock pits but uh yeah it gets it's i think it might be a little overzealous these days you know but again tiktok and instagram they just started uh you know i think those platforms really in the last year or two started like uh you'll see like mosh content start popping up in those you know last couple years and that i think is kind of driven people towards hardcore or, or metal but I also think that they think that that's what you're supposed to do. And sometimes it's like, no, don't do that. Well, I, I would trip out too, like in the hip hop world, because, <clears throat> well, Planet B, I guess, kind of fits a little bit into hip hop. And I we've been working with like uh, proper hip hop artists and just meeting people that were like, that shit's wild. What you do is fucking wild. And you're like, it's not that crazy. And then like kind of seeing how they articulate that in, into like, working with us or or vice versa like because it <clears throat> i am a big fan of like cross genre bills and i think that's like also very much a san diego thing too or southern california where you where you'll have a hip-hop artist on with you know death club or whatever and like and everybody kind of gets along and no one acts like a fuckhead but everyone can act very passionate in whatever way that is and it's it seems cool. Uh, I just feel like when you just are straight hardcore and everyone, you're just kind of there to fuck around and be a dick. You know, you're just, it's going to be that thing. So, yeah. I say that as I went to a hardcore show last night, you know, straight edge hardcore show for the most part. What bands were that? Was it? Uh, the ones that we, well, Sun Touch House is a local band, but they're kind of, I think they're signed to Days. Um, Sun Touch House is, they're really good. They're kind of like in the vein of converged kind of hardcore, you know, like uh, they're in that, in that arena the other one was like a hardcore band from tampa and they were six six path six paths i think is theirs the other the two main ones were morning uh hardcore band from uk uh morning and then magnitude north carolina straight edge hardcore so yeah i got a little you know ninja fighty in there but you know again i expect that going to that show i just don't want to be involved or i don't want to have to like you know suffer the consequences of someone fucking trying to crowd kill somebody you know so that's where i'm at but i also don't like to be in the back you know i like to be in the fucking front and the shit you know that's where i was hey well sorry uh that's moose the dog i'm trying to foster he's upset um hey so or that i am fostering i'm trying to get adopted but that's rude okay i can't hear it so it's all good okay fucking it's rude um what were we saying? Oh, well, I just toured the West Coast with Converge, and I didn't see any of that bullshit at all. So it might be a cultural thing or a regional thing, too, because I feel like that kind of stuff really doesn't happen a lot in Southern California. Hold on. Give me one second. Go for it. Dude, dude, dude. 
we got dogs barking. It's all good. I don't know if you heard mine earlier. I got a couple little yappy dogs here, but it's all good. Welcome back, Justin. So, yeah, moshing is weird sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a coastal thing, too. So It might be. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you, I see videos like Sound and Fury, which is like a legit hardcore festival, uh, and it, it gets pretty wild there. But, again, I don't know. I don't know where it all comes from. Um, but, yeah, it is here regardless of whether we like it or not, Justin. So it's part yeah. of the culture, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, all right. Um, do you have anything else you want to kind of get out before we kind of cut it off here? Anything you're working um, on? Anything that you want to plug? I know you got your uh, you got the documentary you can check out, which is streaming now. Is it streaming on what platform? It's on Vimeo and T H X. What I don't know what that's called. Something else. The three initials. I don't know. I'm okay. not really. Uh, <clears throat> it's on Vimeo. Just go to go there, and right. it will be on Tubi eventually. I think like maybe in December or something on Tubi, cool. which is like cool things through terms uh, but right now films. it's on vimeo and um, one other streaming thing um i think if you just go on to all the links are on instagram on the on the on the don't fall in there love with yourself instagram um profile to everything so and we'll have those be. links in the description okay. and everything like that so if anyone's cool. interested in watching that or checking out one of the fucking mini bands justin's been a part of or moonlighted in at some point <clears throat> check it out um if you don't mind just hanging out for a bit when I close this mother down and then I'll let you go. But yeah. I want to say on here, thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for everything that you do as well as for the community and the industry and this, that, the other. Thank you for the kind words, even though we'd spent 20 minutes in the beginning of the podcast talking about how bad the comments were and all that stuff. I'm sure that'll be a good chunk for somebody out there. Uh, but yeah, it was great having you on the show today, man. You know what? Thank you. And I, and I would like to just reiterate, like I, I, I liked Lamgo or was uh, I appreciated Lamgo for what it was but when you took it over and I saw people criticizing you I was I was it made me feel good like I felt you know like I was like all right this is gonna be fucking cool like I'm psyched and then you and then obviously you cover my shit and I was like that's fucking rad like I don't know I just want to say thanks to you and to the anonymous person because I don't know if it's multiple ones <laughs> you're a chicken shit and I dare you to say it to my fucking face <laughs> That won't happen. Uh, I'll, ninja, know that. I'll ninja kick you or something or whatever. So. Yeah, we know that shit ain't happening. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Awesome, dude. Thanks. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.